Welcome to another episode of Cinema Oblivio, your podcast for discussions on films that are underrated, underseen, unknown, or vaguely unheard of, perhaps. I am your host, James Eldred, and who do I got back again for another episode? Uh, rooftop flute enthusiast, Diamond Fight. Is that a euphemism? No, there is a man in this movie who literally just plays flutes on his roof. That's all he does. I know, but, but, but anyway, anyway, I'm... I'm, I'm I have a dirty mind. But yes, Diamond, welcome back. <laughs> rooftop, I'm, very, rooftop flute. I'm very excited to be here because, you know, uh, our, my first appearance, we did a 1970s movie, and then I came back for the 80s, and now here we are, and it's the 90s, and it's time for yes. Takashi Miike. Woo! The 90s. It's the 90s, the last good decade, and we're talking about Takashi Miike's kind of sort of breakthrough film, Dead or Alive, released in 1999 in Japan. It did not come out in the States until the 2000s, but it is a film from 1999. It is is something else, and I'm going to give two warnings right now. First off, spoiler warning, we're going to go in depth about this film, so if you haven't seen it and you want to, it's available to rent on Amazon. you got to pay for it, but it's pretty cheap, and you can find it elsewhere pretty easily, I've seen. And also, content warning, um, if you can think of a thing that might upset you, it's probably in this film. And if things that you couldn't think of, <laughs> this movie is full of surprises. Although, oh I would say, yeah, I would say personally, I the best way to describe this movie, in my opinion, and we'll we'll get to the detailed part. But for me, it's like if you watch this film and you watch the first like seven or eight minutes. Oh yeah, that's it's it's an amazing it's an amazing beginning. Very little dialogue. It really sets the tone perfectly for like this is what you're gonna. It doesn't. It doesn't show every explicit gross thing that's gonna happen, but you see a lot of extreme content in those first few minutes, and it's like if you get to those the the beginning there, you're probably okay. But then of course, no, there's a scatological no, scene. And yeah, there's some so body, like if, yeah, <laughs> if discussions on bodily functions, bodily fluids, um, uh, de- deviant sex acts. I'll say, yeah, I'll call that deviant. Yeah, I'm not, I don't. I'm. 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 I'm going to kink shame now. Deviant sex acts, uh, involving other involving things, um, graphic violence, um, various forms of assault. Um, you name it. You know, it's here. So you've been warned. And I'm. I know my mom's going to listen to this. So I'm sorry, mom. <laughs> so do you, do you think she's going to watch the movie? <laughs> no, mom. Mom. <laughs> Don't watch this movie. I don't have to tell her that. Uh, <laughs> Mom, I'm sorry. But anyway, Dead or Alive, 1999. Uh, Diamond, what is your history with this film? You, This was on my list, but you chose it. Why? Uh, aside from the fact that I wanted to progress through the decades, uh, yeah, this is definitely... 
This is one of the early finds I remember from like the Netflix days. Kids, once upon a time, Netflix really was an entire business based upon renting discs. They mailed the you mail. the discs. Yes. Yeah. You would go on the website, you'd get you'd you'd ask for a movie, and they would say, come on right up, and it would come to you in the mail, you know, one to three days later. And then you'd watch it at your home and then you mail it back to them. Uh, so this is one that I discovered through that service. I'm sure I heard about it. I heard, I'm sure I heard a buzz about it. I was like, oh, cool. I, I've got to see this. And I rented it. And definitely I rented the uncut version. I can tell you that. <laughs> and wow. And as, as we were talking before the show, I don't know. This may or not This may or may not have been my first Takashi Miike film, but it definitely was. If it, not the first, it was one of the earliest. And definitely one of the ones where it's like, okay, this guy, he's. He's got an approach. He's got he's got a look to things. He doesn't shy away from anything, apparently. <laughs> and he sure likes criminals. He sure likes to yeah. make movies about crooks. A lot of crooks yeah. in his movies. <laughs> yeah. My my experience with this one is that at the time I was working for my dad's company, which, as I've discussed on here, sells uh, media to libraries. And I was in charge of putting titles into the system. And... I just this one came in this because we would get you call it a I'm gonna get very inside baseball here. We get these things called sell sheets, and a sell sheet is like a, a company will send you this on paper. Now it's all digital, mm-hmm. with uh you know key art, description of the film, the release date, price, all that, all that jazz. And this was a keynote keynote title. I remember that, and I remember the sh- the sell sheet had like five disclaimers on it. <laughs> And I'm like, well, I'm going to watch this. And then we got promo, co- like screener copies of the unrated and end rated versions. And I took the unrated version and yeah. watched that and it blew my mind. And I remember a really funny story. There was a someone I was working with who I had a crush on who <laughs> was not gay. Um, that, you know, but anyway, I, we, he came over to my house one time and we were watching, I think, French Connection. And afterwards, I was like, I want to. I was like, I, I, I really like this guy, and I want him to stay longer. And I was, you know, trying to show him how cool I was. I'm like, you got to watch this shit. It's crazy. We'll just watch the first ten minutes. <laughs> I want to show you that. And I showed him the first ten minutes of the film, and then he was like, Yeah, well, anyway, I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> he checked out too much. I think you know he likes weird movies. He, he, but I think that was a bit. I was way too energetic and way too hyped to show him that maybe. And he was mm. like, yeah, it's getting late. So um, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a leave, but yeah, it's something else, man. And it's all cause of uh, T- T- Takashi Miike. Like he didn't write it, but it's, this movie has his fingerprints all over him. Yeah, He's made, he's made way too many movies that are just like this to, to say it can't, it can't all just be, you know, oh, he keeps, he keeps picking up the, the, the raunchy scripts. Like, no, no, this, this is a thing that he's, these are choices that he makes. Yeah. He's made over 100 films. Oh, um, yeah. yes. Workhorse. And Workhorse he's is lost the word count. Like you get different counts because it's TV shows too. Mm-hmm. He started in, uh, he was born outside of Osaka, worked in TV and then moved into what in Japan they call V cinema. Mm. which was straight to video movies. Now not not shot on video, but like straight to video. Right. And started to get some steam in the, in the mid 90s stuff was getting released in theaters and then really by the late 90s he was going like full throttle on this stuff and in 1999 alone he made 6 films. 
well, one, two, three, four, f- five films and two TV series. <laughs> yeah, an, an incredible, an incredible. Like I would, I would compare him to like um, almost like a Tsui Hark. Not so much as, as far as producing goes, but just like the fact that he works. Not only does he work so much and make so many movies like right on top of each other, the fact that you know if you look at his career as a whole, he also he'll make anything. Like, yeah, yeah. The movie we're the movie we're talking about today is a very extreme, dark crime graphic disgusting movie but he makes like he makes commercial movies he makes fun movies he makes silly movies he's he's got a musical he, he made a musical i rented well, that now, one too on netflix what, uh happiness of the Qataris? Kataris, yeah yeah that one now i would not call that a happy fun movie it is a musical yeah, but I'm, I'm just saying it's yes it's but, you know, it's very well, he, different he, he made he made uh ninja kids mm-hmm. you know he made the what the jojo movie yeah, a couple of years ago, the live action JoJo movie. He directed that one, and uh, I think what's what's the other video game one? Um, he did he did Phoenix Wright movie. Phoenix Wright, Phoenix Wright. Yeah, right. Uh, he's done a bunch of manga adaptations. I think Terraformers was his. Terraformers, uh, Sally Man Kentaro, which also came out in '99. He did that remake of Thirteen Assassins. He did One Missed Call, which was remade in America. Right, bad, they're both bad movies. All Blade, Blade of the Immortal, just a ton, of, and he still has a pretty big. He still has. He's still kind of churning them out. In 2021, he made three movies, but <laughs> not compared to his prime. Oh, speak, and also he did. He people might also know him as the person who made an episode of Masters of Horror that was so fucked up that Showtime wouldn't air it. Right. <laughs> I think it's it's the only episode that has its own uh, Wikipedia page. I think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's be real. I mean, like, this movie is disturbing and strange. It is not his most disturbing film. Like, I wouldn't even say it's in the top five. Because there's Visitor Q, which has incest and necrophilia. And mm. there is Ichi the Killer, <laughs> which... Yeah. I, I don't even want to say what's in that movie. I love that movie. Ichi the Killer, the opening credits of that film morph out of someone's semen. And then there is, of course, Audition. Right. Have you seen Audition? Yes, that's definitely one. I think that was one that I think I probably heard about Dead or Alive and Audition probably about the same time. And I couldn't say which one I saw first, but I definitely like they both had a lot of uh, had a lot of, you know, buzz about them. And I watched them. And yeah, I would say Audition. Yeah, Audition is definitely the the more more disturbing. But I would say this movie just like it has more in it. Like it's like this one checks more boxes. Audition audition <laughs> disturbed me out of watching horror films for a yeah. good, like two or three. Audition fucked me up. And and I don't find Audition to be a fun film. This is fun to me yes. because it's so ridiculous, especially by the time you get to the ending, which again, we will spoil here. So you've been mm-hmm. warned again. This is a lot of nasty stuff happens here, but the world is so far removed from reality, despite the fact that most of it was filmed about three blocks from my house. Um, <laughs> that's, <laughs> Um, it doesn't bother me. other than one scene, which we'll get to, with the pool. Yeah, most most of the film doesn't really bother me. I just think it's 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 Gonzo nuts crazy, unlike Audition. But you know, I I think he's a fantastic director. I haven't seen most of his newer films. I want to see Thirteen Assassins. I haven't seen that. I I wanted to see um, Terraformers. I knew somebody who actually worked on that movie. I haven't seen that. 
and um, I, Harakiri. I wanted to see that, so maybe I'll get around to it sometime. Have you seen any of his? Have you seen any of his more mainstream films? Well, I definitely saw the JoJo movie. I'm a JoJo super fan, so I, I went. I went to see that one for sure. Um, the other stuff, yeah, it's it's been a while since I've seen. Outside of JoJo, I can't think of another one that I've seen recently. But I know, yeah, his. I mean, at this point, yeah, his reputation is it's because he's done so much and he's he's made so many things. I think at this point, it's like you never know what you you never know what you're gonna get. Like some some of his movies, I think have a really bad reputation. Like I think Terraformers, I think had a very was yeah. received very poorly. Yeah, but. I think everyone seemed to love the Phoenix Wright movie. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, yeah. And the Jojo movie, I don't know, it was I liked it, but also like it wasn't it wasn't as good as the manga or the anime, so it's kind of like it's hard to recommend because like if you want that story, it's it's way better to it's way better to, you know, either read it or watch the cartoon version. Mm-hmm. But like the movie was certainly competently made and the effects were way better than I expected. Like, oh, this is actually, someone actually spent money on these, you know, stand effects to make them look cool. But yeah. um Okay. Obviously, yeah, I, I mean, it didn't. It didn't that. make a lot of money. Didn't make a lot of money, and the guy who played uh, the guy who pl- the guy who played Jotaro got arrested for weed, so they'll never make another one of those. So, oh, yeah. yeah, that guy. I feel like JoJo will be a hard thing to film. Like, I don't know much about yeah. JoJo, but just from what I've seen of it, 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 it I don't. That seems like that's a, that's a delicate balance, maybe. <laughs> so I don't I mean, know. It's a it's a very long big story and like it's broken it's broken in chunks so the movie he made was sort of like it was officially called jojo's bizarre adventure diamond is unbreakable part one so like it was part one of one story in jojo but it was it was kind of unusual because that's that's like the one story that's completely set inside japan so i figured oh that would make sense to make you know with a bunch with an all japanese cast but then it's like they filmed it in spain and I was like, really? You you took the one the, the one JoJo movie that's all in Japan. You filmed it in Spain, but it, I mean, it, it kind of worked because like it made it made the town look unlike any other town you really would see because like it, you know it didn't look like a Japanese town, um, okay. which was kind of cool. But um, that's that's strange. That's maybe 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 a tax a tax credit. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I, yeah. Can I just also give a shout out because uh, Takashi Miike has a wonderful cameo in the movie Hostel. Have you seen Hostel? Ugh. I hate that movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, if anyone here remembers that movie, uh, when the guys arrive at the hostel, there's a Japanese man walking out of it. And they're like, hey, what's, what's going Be careful. You could spend all your money there. Right. Yeah. Yes. And he's credited yeah. as himself. So I feel like, <laughs> yeah, I feel like, yeah, if there was a, if there was a, you know, a shady business in somewhere in Europe and they were just, you know, kidnapping people and murdering them and filming it and, and, you know, showing it to rich people. Like, I feel like Mike would show up for that. (laughs) He, maybe he, if I, you know, I also bet he'd make a better fucking movie. Yeah. God, that, that anyway, hostels a different day. Somebody else wrote this, a guy named uh, Kimura Toshiki, also known as uh, Ryu Ichiro. He wrote a few of McKay's other films, not most of them, because again, McKay's made like 8,000 movies. Um, and this movie also has a lot of McKay regulars in the cast. 
And I was talking to my boyfriend about this movie who's Japanese. And he was like, oh, yeah, I know that guy. Oh, I know that guy. I know that guy. And some of them are famous, but some of them are just like that guy's, you know? Mm-hmm. And yes. he described it to me as this movie is made entirely of people who could be described as Jap- Japan's Dick Miller. <laughs> Dick, Dick Miller is the guy from uh, Mr. Futterman from Gremlins. Oh, yeah. Or, you know, oh, yeah. or Ben Gazzara or somebody like that. Like, it's 8 million that guys. <laughs> right. And the lead that guy is Ryuichi, played by uh, Ricky Takayuchi. The, the movie, by the way, is about, we forgot to say that. Um, the, the basic plot, and we'll get into more detail, is there is a group of people who are trying to, bet- trying to uh, steal from the Yakuza and the Hong Kong triads at the same time. Yeah, um, it's like it's like a crime triple cross. Like you got triple cross. Yeah, you got the you got the domestic yakuza. You've got sort of uh, Chinese gangsters who are you know li- like living and working in Japan, but they're they're clearly Chinese like ethnically. And then you've got this group in the middle who are uh, I in get the, the impression. Yeah, I get the impression that they 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 were, they, were, they look, look like they were born and raised here, but they have heritage in China, so they feel, they feel like they don't belong to either group, and so they are very cavalier about engaging in crime against both groups at the same yeah. time yeah so yeah those people are called zanru zanru koji and basically those are people or their children also who are children left behind by japanese families during the aftermath of world war ii and they were raised in rural china but they are ethnically japanese mm. now we are two white people <laughs> from america i don't want to get too much into the politics there um and the history there needless to say there's a lot of tricky history involving japan and china Mm -hmm. and these people kind of are have a you know when they came back to japan in the 80s they had they had a lot of discrimination because they were japanese but but their japanese wasn't very good yeah and you know they were orphans and they identified with, with with Chinese culture, you know, they, they get some money from the government, actually, um, but the government also sued them for discrimination. That's a whole thing. So mm. that is a very, I think, as a foreigner watching this film, you might not know that that part of the film, that, that plays a key part of this film. Yes. Yeah. And the, the leader of the, of the Zanru Koji uh, group is uh, Ryuichi, played by Riki, Riki Takeuchi. Mm-hmm. Um, who plays the same role in every film? <laughs> yeah, this this is like this is the. Uh, I think if you if you if you if you have seen any Yakuza movie made in Japan, you've probably you probably recognize this guy right away. He's got a look. Uh, he usually has shades on. Uh, I think a friend a friend of mine would describe him as like the best sneer in the business. He's got this wonderful. Oh, it's sort, a good like, sneer. Yeah. yeah. If you if you go to a video store and you find like his section of the video store, you're like you'll just see like a row of rows and rows of boxes, and he's he's in the cover of every one of them, and he looks the same. Yeah, very much a kind of a low budget De Niro, a low budget Joe Pesci, um, with even less range. I mean, I, I'm sorry, dude. He's in he's in Battle Royale two, I guess, kind of playing himself. I've never seen Battle Royale two because I'm I know that I know Battle Royale two is terrible. Everyone says that. And I'm one of the few people who hates, who hates Battle Royale. So there's that. And like we said, hundreds of straight-to-video movies. His big thing I want to say is that there's a series which is called, uh, in Japanese, it's called Minami no Teo. Yeah, how many of is, those are there? I think there's 
There might be like 60. Like it's <laughs> it's real. It's an outrageous number because I, I can tell you that when we had a few years back. Oh, geez, it's probably like 10 years ago now. But when I, you know, I lived in Japan for a while now and I, I used to pay for cable before streaming just took over. But uh, when I paid for cable, there was a channel and I swear whenever I turned on this channel, they were showing one of these movies and I would always just dip in and just sort of see what's going on. And it's extremely low budget. And I know, I know how it's, I know how low budget it is because whenever I would click over to that channel, never fails. It was always three or four people sitting in an office talking. And I'm like, this is like, this is, yeah, you got the, this is your set. This is where all the dialogue is going to go down. This is where all the exhibition is going to happen. It's, you know, it's just some office you rented for, for the day or something. Uh, you know, is, very few exterior shots, but yeah, these, uh, the Minami no Teo, which is usually translated as King of Minami, mm-hmm. which is, um, I'm pretty sure I, I, I have not read, I have not read or seen much of this stuff, but, um, I'm pretty sure it's referenced here in, here in Osaka, Minami, which is like, which means South, the Southern area of Osaka is kind of like the happening parts of town. Mm-hmm. And it's also the sort of major air quotes here dangerous part of town yeah, i mean it's, yeah. it's japan it's not that dangerous but yeah it's like rapongi <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. it's, it's kind of that thing and much like yeah much like uh you know the way this movie and this this movie opens in one of one of those neighborhoods in in japan where you it's it's you know kabukicho oh yeah so you can see like minami is kind of like osaka's version of kabukicho is okay. in minami and yeah, so his yeah the the movies he this whole series he's like a gangster and there's all this like, gangster stuff that goes wrong. I, whenever I see those movies, I know he's he's always dressed very. Um, he's always got a look like he's always got some kind of suit and it's, it can be loud or colorful. I, I remember there's one I saw that I, I'll never forget. It was like it was like a red fade, like it was like dark at the top and it sort of turned red the further you went down or like I, I don't know how to describe cool. it. I've tried Googling it. I couldn't, I, I wanted the suit, but I can't find it. <laughs> Japan yeah, loves. The, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. This, I'm just saying this guy. Yeah. He's made. Yeah. Do, literally dozens of, of that one series and countless movies besides those that are just the same kind of movie. And yeah, I think a lot of people who listen to this, if you've played Yakuza zero, you've seen him. Cause like mm-hmm. he's a major character in Yakuza zero and it's, it's got his face too. He's uh He's Awano, one of the three lieutenants you see in uh, Yakuza Zero. Okay, he's, so he's a he's a bad guy. Yeah, one of the one of the early like one of the early major bad guys, and you yeah you, know, you get a good luck at him, and you know it's very from the second you see him, you're like this guy. Yeah, this guy's no, he's not he's not your friend. <laughs> yes, he is also the Japanese dub voice of Amorton Joe in Mad Max Fury Road. <laughs> yeah, I now I want to see that now I want to watch the dub version of that movie. I want to see what it's like. But that that that, that that's. Yo, that's good casting. Yeah. <laughs> Japan what's, loves their long ass series. Like, what's the name of that? So King of Minami, you said? Yeah, usually the English title is, is King of Minami, but Minami no, Minami no Teo, I think, is more like Emperor. Like, if you look okay. at the kanji, it looks more like Emperor, but yeah. Sounds like a Yakuza version of like those Otokawa, those Torasan movies. You know, Torasan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those, yeah. yeah. There's so many. So, yeah, so there many. Are, there are 48 Torasan movies. Um, <laughs> Between 1969 and 1995, so yeah, same thing, but with the yakuza. The other, <laughs> the other guy, the playing his foil, the detective, Detective Georgima, that is uh, Sho Aikawa, who isn't as well known as uh, Riki Takeuchi, but he's also in a million straight-to-video movies. Oh yeah, uh, works a lot. He, he's in. You, you said he's in Yakuza Five. 
Yeah, I looked him up. He's a, he's not a Yakuza, but he's a predatory, uh, the quote-unquote predatory moneylender, Takasugi. So he's definitely, like, he's not, I don't think he's a, like, antagonist, but he's definitely kind of like a, you know, maybe a an obstacle, you know, like someone who has to be dealt with, someone has to be, you know, maybe outsmarted somehow. But I don't think, I don't think he tries to kill you. Okay. But, but yeah, Yakuza 5 has like, has like 30 people in it. So it's hard to keep track of who's in that. That game, that game is like, that's the giant one that has like a, you have like five playable characters in that game. Like it's, it's yeah, massive. That, that's too much. He's also yeah. in the original Japanese version of Pulse, which is another fucked up Japanese horror movie that was remade into a bad uh, American film. Um, mm. Japanese version is called Cairo. If you ever want to see a horror movie that will just give you existential dread <laughs> and not, not so much scare you, Check out Cairo. Uh, mm. And then everybody else, a lot of character actors. Uh, Ishibashi Renji plays the Yakuza guy, Aoki. He is in Audition. He's in Tetsuro the Iron Man, old school, messed up Japanese movie. He right. is in two of the Lone Wolf and Cub movies. He is in Hanzo the Razor, which is to date one of the most disturbing films I've ever seen in my entire life. I believe um, it. And he's still acting. He was he's 80 years old. He was in five movies and four TV shows last year. <laughs> still working. Well, there's a lot of like there's some the police chief, the guy who plays the flute. That's yeah. uh Sei Hiraizumi. He's in according to the IMDB, which is not accurate for a lot of these people because it does not have a lot of those Manabi movies. Uh-huh. That's 246 credits. <laughs> the other detective. Detective Inoue, played by uh, Susumu Tarajima, he's also in a ton of films, and, and you said he got in some trouble? Yeah, so he's yeah, he's a guy who's been in lots of stuff. I, you see him on TV a lot. He's one of those yeah, guys. Yeah, I recognized you know, him. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I, I saw, well, watching the movie, like, definitely the first time I saw this movie, I didn't know anyone, but, like, rewatching the movie for this podcast, like, his face, like, oh, that guy, yeah, I've seen that guy on, I've yeah, seen he's that guy in, on TV, like, yeah, he's in the circle. Yeah, he's in uh, Hanabi, Fireworks, uh, Sonatine, and Brother by... Uh, Beat Takeshi. Oh so, yeah, brother. That's that's. Is that's that a good movie? One. I I saw it <laughs> once. And I don't remember it, so I don't know. Um, I have good memories of it. I have good memories of that movie, even though it's it's. I don't know if it's a. I don't know if it's good, but I have good memories of it. His first movie, he was an extra in a Kirikawa's house ran. So hey, good start. Yeah. But what did, what? How did he piss people off? So yeah, he's been. He played a character in two different Yakuza games, uh, and apparently during a recent maybe four or five years ago during a press event, he was in Korea and he made a joke about missiles. Uh, oh, that was him. Used, yeah. <laughs> and he used the word Chosenjin to describe Koreans, which is kind of like a catch-all term to describe anyone who lives in the peninsula, which is kind of like not really very tasteful and certainly not okay. a great, certainly not a great job to, you know, not a great job to make jokes about missiles in Korea in general. And no. yeah. So I think he had to make a public apology after that. But yeah, I mean, there's there's worse jokes you can make. But yeah, yeah, he's yeah. he was not, in a TV, smart. He, he was in a TV show, and I'm just gonna say the, the English name because I my Japanese is not that good. Called supporting actors. What if six famous supporting actors lived together in a share house? <laughs> and that sounds has, like perfect for him. Yeah, it has him. It has the dude from Nata, the the uh, Yutaka Matsu Matsusige. He's on that that. The sal- the salary met the solitary gourmet that guy oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, a few other people and a guy named um, Renosugi 
And mm. Reno Shugi has a very small role in this film, which we'll get to very, very quickly. But he was in over 450 films in 40 years. <laughs> yeah, that was a guy who worked. He worked constantly. Uh, I definitely, this time when I recognized him, I was like, where have I seen him? He played the prime minister in Shin Gojira. So the, the guy who could, could can't make any decisions and then uh, has, an, yeah. has an unfortunate accident. Oh, you mean him. Abe? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, the Abe, yeah, yeah. the Abe alike. Yeah. Um, yeah, he he worked constantly. He was on TV constantly. He was on variety shows constantly. And in fact, he passed away very suddenly. He he was in his late fifties when he passed away. He was you know he was like a regular on a weekly show, and like the the show had to like deal with the fact that yeah he passed away, and they had to, yeah. they had to have a special episode for saying yeah he's he's gone. I'm sorry. That's so terrible. yeah, he actually it's a sad story for him. But yeah, his his small role in this movie he's. He's one of the characters who you only see in the first 10 minutes because, well, he has an accident, but yeah. it's uh, yeah. it's a spectacular, spectacular scene. And I, I made a gif of it actually last week to sort of describe describe his energy. It's the energy I'm trying to take into making more podcasts this year. Just well, be, hope, hopefully you go. First of all, don't do what he does. Second of all, no. I hope it ends better for you. Yes. Um, also, I hope you can use your Yodabasi camera points card as much as he does. Um We'll get there. But really, I, I do want to say really quick, but this movie was shot for video, released very briefly in theaters, came out in America in 99, the, uh, Japan in 99, with the tagline translated into English, if you want to live a normal life, you shouldn't know this climax. <laughs> it was released on home video in America. Uh, the edited version is seven minutes shorter. That's a lot. That is a Which lot is, of stuff to trim out. That's a, and that's all cuts for t- content. That's nuts. Usually if you see like the uncut version, it's like two minutes longer. Or maybe it's the same length. They just add more, you know, they different shots. No, they had to cut out seven minutes of sex, violence, and poop to get, uh, that's not an exaggeration, to get this release in America. I and wonder how many I, bits of that are from the beginning. <laughs> oh, God. Well, not that. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, <laughs> but I feel like Compared to a lot of other McKay's early work, this movie is really under underseen. I was looking on IMDb. This movie, you know, eight thousand people have ranked rated this movie. You know, mm-hmm. um, fifty five thousand have rated Ichi the Killer, and yeah. almost eighty thousand have rated Audition. So I feel this movie is not entirely unknown, but compared to a lot of McKay's other early work, it's kind of under the radar which is just wrong because this movie is amazing. <laughs> so, you know, I, I wonder if one of the factors is the fact that, you know, the title, the title is not only does it sound kind of generic, it also sounds like the video game series, which had its own movie. You know, there was a, there was, you know, oh, the, Dead yeah. Alive, was the Dead or Alive video game series, which I want to say started in 96. Yes. Yeah, and like they made a direct video movie of that. And it's called Dead or Alive. So it's like, I feel like, even if you casually hear about this, it's probably not going to get your attention. You're like, "What is that? The, is that the titty volleyball movie?" No, yeah, it's then not. you put it in, and there's no titty volleyball. No, there's no titties, and you're sad. Um, well, the next, no, there's. Yeah, let's get lady, into it then. Yeah, that lady get gets naked really early. So yeah, so we're gonna kind of go. I want to go in depth here. I usually don't do like the full on. This is what happens in the movie, but yo, this movie.
okay, Diamond, you you describe the opening eight minutes. I mean, the very first thing you see is a naked woman fall from the sky. I, 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 I'm sorry to interrupt. Yes? But the very first thing you see... Oh, no, the, the, the two guys. Yeah, sorry. The two main actors, not in character, sitting by the dock, going one, two, one, one two, two, three, three four. four. And fucking metal. And then a naked woman holding cocaine falling from a building. Right. <laughs> and she hits the ground and then someone steals the cocaine. Yeah. And then it's just this crazy wordless montage. Right. Of setting up, but also fantastic, amazing storytelling. Yes. Of setting up the entire situation. So, yes, I'm sorry I interrupted you. So the naked woman falls to the cocaine, guy takes the cocaine, then what? Yeah, I mean, you got... How many elements you've got? You've got a stripper. Mm-hmm. You've got a stripper doing her, doing the stripper thing. You've got a a weird guy wearing goggles and like a I don't know yukata and like the geta the wooden sandals and he's like yeah. he's walking he's walking around Kabuki Cho so he looks he looks out of place but also not because yeah. he's just he's so like <laughs> it's he's Kabuki so Cho. yeah he's so out of he's so out there it's kind of like oh yeah that that kind of that kind of makes sense and. um you got Yang. You got you know the before You got Yan Yang, uh, who does. I'm going to estimate a ten <laughs> foot long of line of coke. Like, yeah, that's that that's Renosugi. That's who we talk, the, the man who passed away recently. That's Renosugi. Yeah. And my favorite. I didn't know because when I first saw this movie, I had not, I hadn't been in Japan. Watching yes. it now, the fact that he cuts the coke with his Yodabasa Yodabasa camera store points card. Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. I don't know it's, why. You know, he snorts it with, you know, with a 10,000 yen note, but he cuts it up with the point card. Yeah. And <laughs> it's, a, it's like a massive, it is literally like a, like half a football field of cocaine. Right. You, 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 yeah. It's, 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 again, this, the, the whole opening is really wonderfully cut and, 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 and moves so quickly. But yeah, the fact that you see, you see him cutting, you see him snorting, you see, oh, he's doing drugs, but then you see his feet moving. And then you see how much drugs he is doing. <laughs> and then he just knocks over a shelf and just like stare, like holds his hands up to the sky, like Shawshank Redemption. Like he's like, oh, cocaine Redemption. Yeah, yeah, it's just so great. Yeah. And the, yeah, you've got the, yeah, you got. Um, well, where's got the guy? The two men, two men having sex in a, in a restroom. Yes. You've got. Um, and one of them is murdered. One of them is murdered. Um, yeah. Get the it neck, appears, get stabbed in the it, neck. It appears one of them is murdered right when the other one is finishing, I believe. Yeah. That seems to be the look on his face. And then there is the, my favorite part, well, my two favorite parts. One is, so Yan gets killed by um, the main guy. By, yeah, Ricky. Uh, Ricky, Rick, yeah. Ryuichi kills him, jumps on top of the truck, Punisher style, with a shotgun. He gets the shotgun from a guy who I have personally seen. <laughs> so this movie was filmed in in Yokohama a lot and in mm-hmm. other parts, but all this stuff is filmed in Shinjuku in mm-hmm. Kabukicho. Yeah, a little bit of Nichome. Nichome is the gay area, and okay. that's not a derogatory term. It's that's no, all the yeah. It's all, I, I know, I know, all, and areas around there. I have walked down that street, and that dude he gets the gun from is wearing a tiger mask. That is the Sinjuku Tiger. The Sinjuku Tiger is a newspaper delivery man who dresses in tiger print clothes and with a tiger mask. And in this movie, he's yeah, he's on the side. He's on the side of chaos. He supplies yeah, he's on the side of chaos. 
And then, but the uh, my favorite part of this entire sequence is the noodle, the noodle scene. Right. There's a guy. He sits down and he has. I mean, at what, five, six bowls of, of ramen? Like, a huge amount of noodles in mm-hmm. soup. And mm-hmm. he's, it, again, this, also, all the, all, this, all the stuff he's doing is, is sh- uh, shot fast motion. Mm-hmm. So he's, like, he's gobbling it down. He's, he's talking to a girl. He's wiping his head. He's drinking. He's gobbling. Like, he eats all the stuff. And then, yeah, two of these guys run in there with automatic weapons. They start shooting everybody. He tries to get away, but he gets shotgunned in the gut. And all the food comes out. <laughs> and that's how Jojima, who's called to the scene, Detective Jojima identifies the body by the noodles. Yeah. He just he's like, picks oh, up it's... the food on the ground. Like, oh, yeah, because it's, yeah, it's still in his stomach. It hasn't been digested yet. So yeah. I imagine <laughs> if somebody knew me and I was killed that way, it'd be uh, Koko Ichiban, Chicken Zanmai. And they go, oh, Chicken Zanmai must be James. I mean, you know, uh, but yeah, and then I think that scene's also brilliant because it's 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 such a hyperkinetic opening, but it slows down really gradually. It doesn't just end. Mm-hmm. It, it introduces Dojima. He starts talking. There's more crazy stuff. You go to this bizarre burlesque house where there's a the guy who killed the guy the guy who killed the guy in the bathroom is now a clown throwing knives at somebody who's being spun around by a guy yeah. wearing a speedo riding a bicycle it's a weird yeah <laughs> yeah he shows up he shows up the stripper gets him gets him in clown makeup he does he does a pole dance routine first it, as a clown mm-hmm. then they wheel out a guy on a big like a big like uh like a roulette wheel, wheel or something a roulette wheel yeah like a game show wheel yeah right and he's got knives a guy on a bicycle starts spinning this thing around, and yeah, someone's holding this guy by the crotch on yeah, the wheel. Like, <laughs> yeah. it, but it's it spins around like, like it's, it's a cartoon level spinning. Like it's a special effect. Like it's not a real yeah. person. It's not a real yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, like clearly, like it's that's how fast it's moving. It's like, yeah. it becomes a blur, and he throws knives at it, and then like it stops, and it's Ricky Taguchi Rick- all of a sudden. Like it yeah, changes and it makes characters. no sense. <laughs> and also when uh, Aoki, the yakuza guy, is there. When he's leaving the strip club, he throws a used enema bulb yeah, to the stripper. And right. sadly enough, that is foreshadowing. Yeah, um, it's, it's Chekhov's. I wasn't sure what, I wasn't sure if that was like a douche or what. Okay, it's an that makes sense. What crazy once things slow down, they kind of really slow down. And it's kind of a st- almost standard drama for a while. You have uh Jojima. Detective Dojima with his incredibly unhappy family. Uh, his <laughs> wife's having an affair. His yeah. daughter is a piece. They have made this. The, the daughter might have a terminal disease and she's so terrible. You hate her. <laughs> yeah. They never say what's wrong with her, but it's clear that she has major medical issues and they're clear. They're pressed. Like it's, it must be so extreme because, you know, here in Japan, health insurance isn't free in Japan, but it's very, very affordable. Yeah, and exa- this girl, yeah. this girl, whatever she's got, it it requires like millions and millions of yen to like to cover the surgery or whatever. So like, it must be something way out there. It must be. It must be like, it must be like cancer of the skeleton or something. Like it's it's, yeah. it's severe. I mean, for this, I mean, recording this to the, on the day we're recording this, I spent this morning in the hospital, <laughs> and uh, what did what that cost you? And that cost me. I had. Two tests done, and that cost me 
like 3,000 yen, so 30 bucks. And the a week's worth of, to be honest, really good pain medicine uh, cost me five dollars. Yeah, I went to the oh. doctor yesterday and got uh, got a prescription refilled, and it just so happened they paid me because I had oh, to fuck pay. You. <laughs> <laughs> I had to pay extra the last time I was there because I didn't have my card. So if you do that when you bring your card the next time, they basically refund what you paid the last time. Oh, okay. and. As a result, I went to the doctor yesterday and got money and medicine. So, oh man, you got <laughs> drugs and cash. You're like the best. You're the you're the best drug dealer. Anyway, yeah. So it slows down with that, and then there's the plot with the the Zanru Koji, you know, mm-hmm. their situation and the brother. <laughs> yeah, um, Ricky's got a little brother mm-hmm. who's uh, who's back Koji. from America, and he's got. He's got kind of a weird look. He's got kind of like a ponytail going on, which is just kind of like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, like compared to the rest of his friends and 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 his brother, he he looks like he's from another movie. He has a very um, feminine look, to, a feminine look, stereotypically yeah. effeminate, and they never really a- a- acknowledge his sexuality in any way. He reads as gay to me. Hmm. Um, yeah, I mean that that definitely could be. Yeah, I mean, or just, you know, I don't know. He very He's very androgynous also at times, and he's a strange character because they go, like, they, he doesn't know what his brother's doing. Right. <laughs> and then he finds out, oh, you paid for my college by murdering people? It's like, yeah. Want a beer? I mean, you know. <laughs> so, weird family dynamics, I guess. Right. And they're all, and they're basically they're basically having their he's his, like his welcome back party like in like what looks like a cemetery from Black Rain like what I don't know that, where the hell they are <laughs> yeah so they go to see their mom's grave right and it's it, I I tried to find where they filmed that I had my boyfriend look in Japanese about where they filmed that it doesn't look like this planet let alone Japan <laughs> it's just this gigantic muddy wasteland. Mm. With these and like the graves are just these wooden stakes in the ground. Like it's I yeah. mean they kind of are here anyway, but um there's nobody buried there, you know, it's Japan. Japan most of, mo- almost everyone's cremated. Mm-hmm. But it's such a surreal like, it, it looks like something you'd see out of like an Igmar Bergman film or like it's like a nightmarish place. And then they have a Hanami there. Right. <laughs> Party in the cemetery. <laughs> yeah, they they start they start they start getting naked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of lot of everything but full frontal in this movie because you can't do that here without without pixelization. Right. Strange, strange scene, but not even the strangest scene in the first act because then <laughs> you do okay. So tell me how so Dojima needs to get information. So he goes yep. to who's in. So tell me about Dojima's informer. Uh, Diamond, so he's go he's ahead. got he's got his you know he's he's got you know his man on the street you know his his huggy bear if you will. You know the guy he goes to for information and bad analogy considering what this guy does. (laughs) You see this guy just sort of chilling in his apartment, and he's got a friend with him, and there's a naked woman just sort of laying down, and his friend is sort of is is sort of I don't know caring caring for the dog, and then he's like yeah 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 Uh, work the dog over work the dog over, and that's not what he says. I yeah I don't know I the the version I saw had like subtitles that were ten minutes too late but oh I'm sorry so I'm sorry I, I kind of had to make do make do with what I understood and mm-hmm. uh, subtitles that I I found on the internet but 
He's basically, yeah. This guy makes bestiality porn. And that's not really relevant to the plot. It's just something that happens. And yeah. like every time you see him for the rest of the movie, he's with his dog. He's walking his dog. He clearly, yeah. he clearly cares for his dog. Great deal. <laughs> but yeah. And this first time you see him, it's just like, oh yeah, we're working here. Yeah. I heard about this. There's a new guy in town. He's doing this, do this. Oh, the dog's ready. Dog's ready. And then the girl gets up and they're, you know, they cut just before the dog that like, goes into the girl. Like it's, it's, you don't, you don't see it. There's no red rocket or anything. I mean, it's no, not, no, yeah. You yeah. can't see it, but it's very clear. Like they're going to, yeah, they're going to insert they're, this dog into the woman. Just, just so go, that's what they want to do. It's, it's pantomiming. They're not actually like <laughs> giving the dog a handy. It's not, you don't destiny us off camera. So they're not actually doing anything, but yeah, like out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And while this is happening, he's like, oh yeah, go to Yokohama and talk to the chef. Like, right. He'll help you out. And then, yeah, I don't know what, like, you know, there's a lot of a lot of themes in this film about like uh, race relations. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of see like a gay subtext stuff about being an outsider. I don't know where the bestiality fits in. <laughs> I think it's just I think it's just flavor text. You know, it's just what a, like... what a flavor it is. <laughs> no, because I honestly I think you know because they go back to that guy a lot. And one thing I do like about this movie, and it's very consistent, is like. Because I suspect because it's because it was filmed so cheaply, I feel like everything is a real location. So oh yeah, every place, every place they go, every place they shoot, it looks like a real place. You can all o- you can always see cars, you can always see stuff. Everything that everything they do, everywhere they go, looks lived in and looks real. When when people cross the street, there's a lot of cars in the traffic. Like you really, there nothing are people feels, staring at the camera. Yeah, yeah, but I'm gonna say like nothing feels like. Oh, this is all this, like, you know, when you watch a Japanese movie, like today, especially, it's all so sanitary, you know, like oh, every, yeah. every single person you see on screen is probably, you know, if not a paid extra, like, you know, a Johnny's guy or an idol girl or some, you know, someone's some, some actress, actress slash model, like every single person on, on camera is somebody. And in this movie, no, no, like they're filming in an alley behind a restaurant. That's probably a restaurant and probably. The only guy who's not an actor is probably the chef who's doing like the lines. Like, yeah, they even um, that's a question mark. <laughs> like, I, I have I work in a pretty high class area called Geogoka, and they have filmed stuff there. And I've I've had to not been allowed to walk past someplace because if they're filming something, the extras they have walking behind the store, those are extras and not people. Right, like everything is super choreographed and super scripted. And I've mm-hmm. been, I've been yelled at by PAs because I'm like I'm going to work. <laughs> I'm walking through your shot. I do not care. Yeah, right. Um, Hold on, go to me. Don't get mad at me. Get mad at my. Get mad at my boss. I can't be late. I can't be late for your flower commercial. budget i think but and you said filmed in real places like they have they are because the next scene is they they rob those that uh the armored armored car right um that's right by shinjuku station that is Mm -hmm. like around the corner they film in shinjuku station 
they had to have done that illegally, I have to imagine. I have to imagine they had one camera, got that one shot, and left. Just get it. Yeah, get it, get it. Go, go, go. And that's it. <laughs> and just go. But uh, that area is right around the corner where they they kind of hijack an armored car. I love that scene since I moved here because I see those armored cars all the time. And I'm like, what are you? Why are you so hardcore? With your little, They have like the armored cars here. They're, like They wear like Kevlar vests and have the batons ready to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's Japan. Like, what happens in this movie would not happen. <laughs> Yeah, what was what's your comment? Like, there's there's more crime in the first ten minutes of the movie than oh, like yeah, an yeah, entire yeah. year. Of there was more crime in the first in the first six and a half minutes of this film. There's more crime than an entire year in in Japan. Uh, more people die, you know, maybe not sex crimes, but um, you know, more drugs, more violence, more stuff like that happens in the opening scene of this film than in the entirety of actual Japan's like year. It's 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 such a safe country. That's why mm. another way, I always find since I moved here, I find these movies funny almost funny because the Yakuza is a thing. Yes. But you very rarely hear about them. Yeah, well, I mean, maybe we can talk about this a little bit because yeah, I think one of the one of the themes in this movie, and you see it's it's a major part of the story, is the fact that you've got the Yakuza and you've got the Chinese the Chinese monsters the and you got this group yeah. in the middle. And it's very much the cops, you know, Jojima is, Jojima is serious about his thing. He's, he's, he's working super duper hard to get dirt on everybody. He's, he's trying to crack the case wide open. Well, his superiors are kind of like, yeah, whatever. Like, you know, the, the chief, like I said, the chief is on the roof of the roof of the, the station playing a flute. Yeah. His supervisor is always like, oh, you're, you're making so much work for me. You're so much work for me. And eventually you find out he's dirty, but it's like, yeah. yeah. But the point is, the cops are kind of like, "Oh, what's the big deal?" They keep saying, "Oh, balance, balance, balance." And I think that really is a, I think that really is an attitude here in Japan. It's like they view the yakuza as some sort of necessary buffer against cr- criminals from other countries. Yeah, and also, like I remember for a while, the Yamaguchi Gumi—that's that's the big yakuza group in Japan. Yes, they had like Halloween stuff for kids. Like, yeah, the, the yakuza here is like yeah they have business cards they have addresses like it's not yeah. no there's no they don't have clandestine meetings everyone knows who they are everyone knows where they work everyone knows where they live it's all very public uh i mean i think i think numbers wise they're they've, they've been on a steady decline yeah but definitely certainly in the 80s and 90s yeah they would have been they would have been very open about what who they are and what they do yeah and the it's cops, a long I, it's a long way removed from a battle without honor and humanity, the, right. the 60s Yakuza, which is like in that movie, they're just murdering mothers in the street with shotguns. Like, it's, I'm sure Yakuza people still get killed, but you don't hear about it. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know? it's pretty, it's, it's, it's a national news story. If, if anything happens, it's a national news story. And it's usually like, oh, someone, someone rammed an office with a car. That's usually yeah. what the story is. Yeah. Or, you know, there was an argument. Someone got in an argument and, uh, or someone got, thrown out of a festival because they were part of a gang or something. Yeah. Or but yeah, or, I think go ahead. The um to go back to what I was saying. So I think like that is a very real um I think attitude this this movie reflects. The idea that oh the Yakuza are there like yes the Yakuza are criminals but they're protecting Japan from other criminals. So we need them to be there. Whereas these sort of punks who are in the middle they can't, you know, they're throwing off, they're disrupting, they're ruining everything, even though, as, you know, as the movie unfolds, the Yakuza and the Chinese people are trying to work together and they're trying to join forces. 
Yeah. Yeah. So there's no protection there. There's just, yeah. yeah. And Everyone's even, dirty. Everyone's dirty yeah, in this movie. Even Jojima, because Jojima is like the straight laced cop, but even he eventually goes to Ayoka from the Yakuza to get money. Right. To, to save his daughter. To save his daughter. And he he kind of helps him a little bit, you know, and uh, that kind of backfires later. But um, yeah, it's it is very yeah, the the views of the Yakuza in this are, are interesting. I I think as the film goes, you start so like for the for the full the whole first act is pretty other than the bestiality. <laughs> it's the pretty banal. Yeah. It's pretty banal. It's pretty banal. It's 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 your very standard cop drama. There's that fantastic scene with uh Jojima and his partner talking to those two Zanru Koji who think that um Ryuichi is the hero. Right. And that's a great, like, good drama, good commentary on Japanese society. Right. But as the film progresses in the middle from the middle of the second act on, once the shit hits the fan, it the real shit hits that yeah. fan. Um so, you know, Jojima's investigating. He goes to Yokohama with his partner and his adorable kid, so you know the partner's going to die um, <laughs> when you see that little that kid. kid is so, I tried to look up who that kid was. I, I feel like that kid, if that kid is still acting, he might be famous now, but I couldn't find out who, who played the kid. That kid is adorable. Um, yeah. But, and the, but th- the second you see his partner's kid, you're like, oh, well, that's too bad for that guy. He's going <laughs> to yes. die. I was might, right. Might as well talk about, oh, I always wanted to see Montana, you know, just... <laughs> <laughs> broadcast <laughs> one one more day to retirement yeah uh, live forever my, my boat <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and but i forgot so um the woman in the group who we haven't really talked about she's a because uh, she's a woman in the japanese film doesn't do that much um yeah. uh, mariko played by mizuho koga mariko is a stripper at the club and she's also working as a hostess i think or maybe a yeah, prostitute you, you see um, yeah you see like you know when she works Cause she's got a look when she's, when she's, you know, yeah. on stage, when she's in the strip club, she's got a very specific look. She wears kind of a thing in her hair mm-hmm. her makeup is a certain way, but then you also see her go to, yeah, like the hostess club or whatever. And like, she uses a, she uses a kind of a fancier name yeah and she's very polite and she, it's, it's, it's real, real contrast between those two worlds. And then speaking of contrast, yeah, they, she goes, she goes to a dark place and so, uh, Ay- yeah, Aoki, she's there to get dirt on Aoki. Right. Um, and he recognizes this, and right. uh, I, I I made you do the one thing. I'll I'll do this one. Um, okay. Yeah. So you cut to Aoki talking. He looks bloodied and dirtied. He's spending a lot of time talking about how is he's not well endowed, endowed but it makes girls scream. Um, you know, typical normal stuff. And yeah. then you realize that's not dirt on him. That's poop. He mm-hmm. is dr- dr- he has drugged Mariko. She is in a kiddie pool filled with her own excrement. Yep. Um at one point he, he eats it. Hmm. Um that that that's a lot. <laughs> yep. And you never like, and then he kills her, and then he says, "Oh, I did it again." Yeah, he like, drowns. He drowns her in her own filth. Yes, and then he's like, "Oh, I did it again." And and even his underlings are like, "This is yo, know, this is this is kind of fucked up, right?" Like this is <laughs> this is a little. It's kind of yep. Maybe I said update my resume, and I 
yeah, the shock value is something else, but that death is never referenced. N- nobody ever mentions it. I mean, like, they dump they dump the body and her no, friends they, they burn find her. her. They burn her. They, yeah, yeah, they, they burn find her. her and they burn her. But that must have smelled terrible. Um, but, yeah. But if you would have cut out that scene of her being burned, th- there would be no. They, they never say we have to revenge Mariko. There's never. They spend more time talking about Hitoshi. Hitoshi's the one they kill because right. during one of the, during the the armored car robbery, he steals the money to go back to his mom to say we can go back to China now. And she's like, I want to stay in Japan with my friends at the hot springs. And he leaves the house. They find him and they kill him. And that makes Toji, the little brother, stop talking to them after mm-hmm. they murder his friend who betrayed them. But they spend more time on that than poor Mariko. <laughs> and that that is the scene that, like, I look away in that scene. Of all the things, there there are two things in this movie. Like, there are two shock, like shocking bits. I mean, I, I don't, I don't just remember the shocking bits, but there were two shocking bits from this movie that I, I absolutely remembered crystal clear twenty years later. One was, yeah, the death of Mariko, and the other one comes a little bit later when the uh, the cops go to the cops are trying to catch up to the Akaza, and they bust someone for prostitution. They they bust into an apartment. Oh and a yeah, guy just. Yeah, a guy just finished uh, getting a blowjob. Yeah. And the woman who give it to him, like, you see her spit it. You see her spit yeah. up. And then Inoue comes in and fucking jump kicks the guy. <laughs> <laughs> like, the guy gets up off the couch and, like, his pants, are, his pants aren't even up. Yeah. And Inoue, you know, jump kicks this guy who just got a blowjob. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, a buzzkill, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> Those yeah. two scenes are the, are the big, like, shock moments for me. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's the reasons. ending, but we'll, and then there's also like from this point on, things start to escalate. Um, there is uh, the, in, the the insane shootout where the triads and the yakuza are meeting to cement their relationship, and um, Ricky and his friends show up, and John woo the shit out of that place. Yep, they blow away everybody. Including the person in, in a chicken shoot, which is pretty good, and the cook and Inoue when he shows up, <laughs> and Inoue, yeah, Inoue. So, oh god, so Inoue calls Jojima for help, but Jojima doesn't get the phone, answer the phone because his shithead daughter is too busy taking apart his phone and making fun of it. If you notice, yeah, that. It's, his, it's his day off, and he's he's trying to have some family time, so he's he's yeah. late. He's late to respond. He's, he's late. But before in a way, so in a way is killed. But before, but for some, for no reason, and probably the biggest plot hole in this film, it's Toji weird. Sh- Toji shows up again to help them murder the yakuza and the triads, and then he is immediately, immediately killed by in a way. Like yeah. you know, he gets one shot off, and it's enough. It's 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 the it's one shot enough to kill little brother who just appears out of nowhere. Like yes. he appears. I'm here now. Oh, here's the cops. Oh, okay. They all like, they almost laugh like, yeah, we don't care. And they shoot the cops, but you yeah. gets one shot off and it kills, kills the brother. Yes. Jojima shows up too late. He sees in dead. I think Aoki comes out alive, right? Uh, yeah. Aoki yeah comes he, he, he hides. So when he comes up, he's basically the only gangster left standing. So he's, he's 
low-key thrilled. He's not low-key thrilled. He's pretty stoked. And <laughs> he tells he tells Dojima, hey, don't worry about that money you owe me. So then Dojima just kills him. Yeah. His last line is, uh, Oyoki's last words are, hey, don't use that gun. Yeah. Don't, don't shoot. No, no. Too late. And then boom. And then... To escalate things, we're really in the Dark Knight Returns mode now of like escalation, because Ricky and his friends want to get revenge for for Toji being killed, so they're going to kill Dojima. Yeah, so actually, I wonder about this. So, because okay. huh? Dojima, yeah, Dojima gets you know his car gets hit up the bomb, but it's like good reference, good who, reference. Who how? Who, how, when, where, you know what I mean? Like, well, no, they they set him up. So Dojima also ruined the drug deal. Yes, but they have the the drugs coming on the on the bananas. That's and, right. Yeah, that's right. And they're gonna kill him right there, but he says no. So they bomb his car, but in, but Dojima's not in the car. It's just his wife and his daughter are. <laughs> right. So they die, and when he cremates them, the ashes are red. Yeah, that really. I mean, I've you know, I've never seen ashes that doesn't. They're not. I have yeah. recently. They're not. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I've never opened the box. You know what I mean? I was like, that's yeah. not. That seems strange. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what's going on there, but maybe it's symbolism. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it means something, but I don't know what it means, and it doesn't matter because now we have the climax of the film. says if you want to live a normal life you shouldn't know this climax we should also say that before the movie ends ricky literally in the car is like you know all right oh. here's the last scene like he here's says the last in, scene yeah, yeah he says you know in katakana last scene like he's like last he's scene. telling the audience this is the end of the movie you know shit's gonna get unreal you know just, uh, as, just as those two introduced the film they also introduced that the movie's about to end yeah and boy howdy does it ever so <laughs> They're into some field in the middle of nowhere. What happens? So you've got you've got car you've got a car with Nikki and two, you know his last two henchmen standing, and you've got Jojima in his car, and you have a you have some chicken. They play some chicken. Uh, and by the way, one of the things I think is you know this is only my opinion. I don't have inside in dirt, but. If you look, there's this giant empty field with sort of this path down the middle that's been cleared, and the cars are driving down this one path, right? Mm-hmm. In the background, you can see a couple wrecked cars. Yeah, I honestly, I honestly believe those are from other takes. I well, honestly believe you, that. Yeah, they had this. They had this empty field. They shot this once, maybe twice, and each time they did it, they just left the cars there. All right, let's try it again. Let's try it again. <laughs> you can also see the skid marks. Yeah, from previous like, take, which exactly. sometimes I see that in like big budget films. I'll I'll, I'll notice that. That's not an, uh, an exclusive mistake here, but yeah, it is funny. Yeah, yeah. but it's just like in this in this case, you can see entire just wrecked cars just sitting on the side. And I feel like those are they probably left those there from other takes. And yeah, then it looks cool. 
<laughs> yeah. So there's the chicken. Jojima jo- wins chicken, right? Because they're, they're not out of their car. And grenade guy <laughs> just... Oh, God, the scene. Yeah, so the guy with the grenades charges Jojima's car, jumps in the car with grenades. Yes. Explodes. Car flies in the air. Guy throws a knife to the car. Car lands. Explodes. But... So I think, like, isn't Grenade Guy, is like half of him is on the ground? Is that it? Grenade Guy is dead. The other guy shows up. The the rat tail man with the, uh, the terrible rat tail shows up and the guy with the stutter is, right yeah is holding his hand and that's when georgima emerges from the car and kills him right um with sprays like huge sprays of blood like huge sprays crazy of blood. sprays of blood and if, what then then georgima tears his own arm off right doesn't need it it's broken he doesn't need that yeah. arm anymore yeah instant, instant weight loss um and then i want so there's the showdown right you got Ricky versus Jojima. They've each they're each they've each got a car, but the car is no good no more. So they shoot each other a couple times, right? They 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 both shoot each yeah. other. They they both get in some some quality some quality bullseyes, but no one's dead. They all no they, one, they both land on one knee, right? They, they they fall down to one knee. They're like the down but not out in a in a, in a battle royale game, right? They, they, yeah, they <laughs> yeah. just they, yeah. they, they 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 need to breathe. Uh, Jojima just. I thought for a I thought he had to go back to the car. No, he just pulls it out of his back, right? Just like he, yeah. Well, first yeah, which was yeah. First, Georgima from nowhere pulls a rocket launcher from his back. Yeah, straight up like bazooka, like bazooka this, style. The, a tube, and, a tube with the you know the crosshair on it, like like the like not a small handheld thing. This giant thing, just right out of his back, like he's and, Leon Kennedy just pulling it off his back. But like it wasn't there before; it's there now. And that's not even the weirdest part. <laughs> no, because Ricky counters by having heartburn, and then he pulls a... I know, 20 years ago, I thought he pulled his heart out. But <laughs> seeing it today, I think it's just he just pulls out like like a Dragon Ball Chi energy. Like it's a it's a glowing sphere of energy. And he throws you know? it like a highlight ball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He just he just grabs his heart and he pulls this energy out of him and it's just in his weird you know I mean again it's a budget movie it's a you know as, very low as budget Beavis, yeah. as Butthead might say these effects aren't very special let's just yeah. like, he's got this energy ball Jojo's got a rocket launcher they attack each other and then <laughs> Japan explodes it cuts to <laughs> an out of space viewpoint with terrible cg yeah and the entirety of japan and perhaps the world cuz it doesn't really end it's, it's a big cuts blast. away the all of japan and korea and hong kong are gone and probably most of asia and the, the world like a, and then the movie times ends. 10 Akira times Akira 10 times 10 the end <laughs> so yeah and this movie has sequels <laughs> Yeah, well, 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 I want to get to those in a minute, but yeah. So, like, I find this movie fascinating, especially since, since I moved here. I found it more fascinating and finding out more about the Zanru Koji, hmm. and I really feel like this movie has important things to say about hmm. race relations in Japan, being an outsider. Because I feel I feel that way here, you know. Like, sure, I'm a gay white man. You know, I right like in our case, you know, in our case, we are we are very obviously, you know, foreign 
Yes. But uh, yeah, the, 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 the fact is that there are people who are, who are born in Japan based on Japanese law. Maybe, maybe not everyone knows this, but if you are born in Japan, unless you have at least one Japanese parent, you are not Japanese. You're not guaranteed citizenship. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, in, in, you know, in my case, my wife is Japanese, so my kids are Japanese, but they're born here. They're they grew up here. They are very much Japanese kids. If my wife, you know, was from the Philippines or whatever, they would just be considered foreign, even though this is the only home they know. Yeah. You know, I yeah. have I have American friends who have babies here. And, you know, I, I know I know an American couple. Both both parents are American. They have they had a baby and like this baby is born here. It's going to grow up here. That's a Japanese kid as far, as far as I'm concerned, but the Japanese government's like, no, that's that's some American kid. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's fucked up. Yeah. So, yeah, there are people who, you know, live their entire lives in Japan who are considered foreign, but it's, yeah, it's kind of like they basically, like, I would say they have like passing privilege, if you will. It's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. unless you, you know, maybe read their name or, you know, find out their background, you wouldn't know they're not Japanese. Even though all these characters are supposedly have Chinese origin, as far as I can tell, the actors are just Japanese actors. Well, no, the, ca- uh, the characters are supposed to be Jap- they're Japanese orphans, so they're no, raised. What I mean is, even the like, the, there's a lot of like a lot of the a lot of the movie takes place in Yokohama, which is famously has a very large Chinatown, mm-hmm. and you've got Chinese gangsters. But as far as looking up the actors, oh, those people, yeah, they're, they're they're Japanese. Yeah, yeah, I think <laughs> all the all the actors in this movie seem to be Japanese people playing people of foreign origin, which is you know. It's unfortunate because, yeah, it, it seems like it's trying to say something about that, but it's also just hiring Japanese people, which is kind of like, well, you almost tried. <laughs> yeah, and but at the same time, it's trying to say something kind of serious, but then there's the bestiality, the scatological murder, and the ending. Right. <laughs> which, going yeah, on so here, man. What, what do you make of the ending? Is it is it like a Moby Dick thing? It's just kind of like, I hate you so much, and I hate you so much, and we just... Our rage is going to destroy destroy each other. Like, uh, what what do you make of that ending? That's a fantastic question. Um, <laughs> and I I have I'm of two minds. One is yeah. that it is like the if I want to get all film nerd, like I I want to I have a degree in film. Thank you. Okay. Uh, if I want to get all film school nerd, I would say that like that it's like a manifestation of their rage, right. and it is a symbolic ending. It is not what's actually happening. It is them visualizing like how their hatred for each other is so strong it will literally destroy the world or figuratively destroy the world right but that like, doesn't make it... much sense because they don't they only have one scene together and Georgima obviously hates him because he killed his family but they're kind of they're not that different you know in in, mm. in they both hate the yakuza they they both care about family and the movie doesn't make uh Ryuchi out to be an inhuman monster. No. Like, Cuz they they do they do question him earlier in the movie and he's just sort of like, yeah, I don't know. This country's never done anything good for me. Like he's just exactly. he's very nonchalant about how he, you know, how he commits crime because of what else am I going to do? So that's that viewpoint. On the other hand, I think it's maybe just McKay fucking with you. <laughs> and I feel like Having seen the sequels, have you seen the sequels? No, I have not. So there are two. They are called sequels. They have nothing in common with this film, uh, other okay. than other than the two main actors. So Sho Aikawa and Wiki Takeuchi are in both sequels: uh, Dead or Alive Two, Birds, and Dead or Alive <laughs> Three, Final. Now, <laughs> I've only seen these films once. Dead or Alive Two, Birds, is a much more serious film. 
Oh. It's about two hitmen who find out they used to be childhood friends together and they decide to be hitmen and donate all their money to charity in Africa. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Yeah, you know, but there are some strange supernatural elements. Like you see them walking with wings behind them. Um, but it's much oh. more. I, th- I think in that case, it is very much this is symbolism. Hmm. Um, Dead or Alive, th- Dead or Alive Final takes place in the 24th century. Um, <laughs> the Chinese control Yokohama. The movie ends with a giant penis-headed mecha. Hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> Dead or Alive 3 is not very good. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna Are go you sure? <laughs> I, also, you can, also, there's no... That film was mastered in SD. Uh, yeah. So it can never be really, released. And some of the subtitles are permanently burnt on. It's weird. Oh, um, hard subtitles, yeah. Yeah, because it, it, that's a weird movie. So that def, that one definitely feels like uh, Takeshi McKay is just fucking with you. And he's just having a blast. I feel like Dead or Alive 2 is him trying to make a more serious film, but still a little bit off. Because even before this, he made some serious, quote-unquote serious films. There's um, The Birdmen of China, which is... Uh, the Bird People of China, which is a quiet, like, fantasy drama about world China. <laughs> mm. um, it's not a family film, but it's not... It's not graphic or disgusting it's 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 about the environment and stuff um so he had those ambitions in him even back then but i don't know what he was th- i just think he wanted to fuck with you what do you think yeah i mean to me i just i thought of and i should stress i've never read moby dick okay but so much <laughs> okay so much stuff in popular culture has referenced it I know there's a bit about someone. Uh, I think I think Captain Picard quotes it in uh, in First Contact. But the idea, like someone, if you hate if you hate someone so much, like if your if your chest was a cannon, he would have fired his heart. You know, like I think that's mm-hmm. the line yeah. or something. Yeah. So to me, like that, that's that's kind of like what I see uh, Ricky doing, where he like he's clearly his hand goes to his heart and pulls out this this red ball of energy. You know. So yeah. yeah. To me, that seems like he's tearing himself apart just to destroy his enemy. So that that's how I that's how I interpreted you know this time around. Yeah, I think if you're being generous, I think that's one way to look at it. You know, I that's not I don't mean I'm not I'm not saying that in a negative way. I'm just mean that right. like I don't know if I be, I don't know if I want to give him that much credit. Um, but yeah, but, if you look at the fact that you know the two characters, they basically they introduce the movie and they say, oh here you know here's the last scene. And then you have this last scene that's just sort of like, every, it just everything's everything's over, everything's destroyed. You kind of like, yeah, you you have to you have to assume this is some sort of, you know, either this is a fable or it's just some sort of surreal commentary. Yeah, but like, have you seen Each of the Killer? Not recently, but yes, I definitely. That's that's the one with the guy who's got like the the blade on his. Boot right, he, like he ch- like yeah, yeah, and he, and he has his, his the bi the bisected tongue, yeah, right, 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 um, and there's a yeah that that's... that movie has an insane ending. Um, Visitor Q, which is a more disturbing film than this, has a very disturbing ending, 
And of course, Audition kind of has a normal ending, um, but everything up to it's broken. <laughs> To get um, there, yeah. Yeah. So I do feel like, part, I, I mean, as much as it's fun to analyze, like, what does this mean? I, I I honestly think he's just doing it because it's fucked up. Could be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I respect it. I respect it. I mean, it's not boring. Um, mm. Yeah. But I think we, we've, we've literally talked about almost everything in this movie, but I don't think we have much more to say. Um the only thing we didn't talk about was the Russian roulette scene. Yeah, I mean it's it's weird. It's weird. It makes no sense. That whole that whole subplot's kind of hard to follow. Um, yeah, this, the, Ricky plays Russian roulette. He pulls the trigger three times. <laughs> this, that's how hardcore he is. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I if I haven't made it clear already, I recommend this film. Uh, if you're not easily upset by graphic imagery, I think it is crazy. I think it is fun to watch. And again, I also just like watching it because literally I could look out my window and see where they filmed one of the scenes. So, mm. so maybe I have a little bias there. But even before I lived in Shinjuku, I, I loved this movie. What, what about you, Diamond? Yeah, I, I feel like, you know, I don't I don't live in Tokyo, of course, but I do feel like the, the way, the fact that it's all shot in real places, the fact that it's it's so, you know, it has these incredibly high energy scenes, but then, yeah, you do have these scenes where pe- people, people are just kind of like talking about stuff and you really feel like, you know, this, they talk about friendship. They talk about, you know, going home or ha- not having a home or, you know, trying to make, trying to make their way. And it is, it's somehow both grounded and completely off the wall. Yeah. Like, yeah. how does this movie, how does the movie do both at the same time? It does. It does both at the same That's time. That's a fantastic way to put it. The, 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 <laughs> a lot of the scenes are super grounded. There's amazing stuff about food. In the Yokohama, yeah. that chef is amazing. That whole scene is amazing. Like such fantastic dialogue. And there's yeah. the shit murderer. Like right. It's, it's, in, in conclusion, dead or alive is a, is a land of contrasts. Um, <laughs> I think. I think. Simpsons reference. I think we'll wrap it up there. Um, let's see. Got anything else? You good? Yeah, I mean, I don't. Know, I don't know what else I can say about yeah, this movie. Yeah, it's just. Yeah. We've 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 gone over every part of it. We've 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 warned everyone, yeah. but we also said it was a great. You know, it's great. You know, I had I had a lot of fun rewatching it. You know, even, yeah, me too, even the me gross too. parts. Yeah, even the gross <laughs> parts were kind of like, oh yeah, that that happened. That's fun. I wonder how they made that shit. Anyway, uh, things I hope were, it was fake. And they did not pay her that much money. It is fake. <laughs> um, <laughs> or she has all, or she has all the hepatitis. Anyway, Diamond, with that lovely mental picture, um, mm. why don't you tell people where they can find you online these days? Well, uh, I am online as Fight Club, F-E-I-T, my last name, C-L-U-B, the noun, the regular English word. Uh, I'm on Twitter and I'm on Twitch. I haven't streamed yet this year, but I certainly want to get back to that. Uh, I also write a lot for Retronauts and podcasts for Retronauts, so if you like talking about video games, I do that a lot. So um, you can also back me on Patreon and Coffee. I have those. Those are, those are also Fight Club. And yeah, I'm a really, it's kind of, it didn't, I didn't plan this, but so far this year in 2022, I've watched a movie every day and my goal is to keep that going. I want to try to watch a movie every day this year. That's an so, achievable goal. And I'm glad, I hope you're so. having, I'm glad you're having a better 2022 than I am so far. Um, so far, yeah. So far. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Fingers you can crossed. find 
Fingers crossed, yes. Anyway, you can find me online, as usual, at LostTurntable.com, on Twitter, at LostTurntable, on YouTube, at LostTurntable. And I also have another podcast, Alexander's Ragtime Band, where me, uh, Elliot Long, and occasionally Jimmy Parrish talk about progressive rock music. But anyway, Big fan of that show. Anyway, that'll be it for today's episode of Cinema Oblivia. I'll be back again in a couple of weeks. Until then, take care. <laughs>